Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, February 12th, 2024. What's going on? How are ya? How's it going? Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Were the commercials what you thought they'd be? Um... I went to the game. As I mentioned, I was going to be out there. Me and Paul Verzi did the uh, BetMGM, um, the Anything Better live. We did a live podcast. What am I trying to say here? At Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at the MGM Grand. I had never been there before. It is a beautiful, beautiful comedy club. Dare I say perfect. Um what was really incredible was the all the pictures that he had up on the wall. Nothing but top-notch comedians, comedic, comedic actors, um, everything that he had on the wall. I just, there wasn't one person like, ugh, the fuck is that person doing on the wall? You know what I mean? Some, do you ever go to like a Hall of Fame in a sports thing and you're just going like, that fucking guy made it? <laughs> this is the Hall of Fame? Uh, how many fucking times did he make the All-Star game? There was none of that. Nothing but, uh, you know, top-notch um, comedians, comedic actors and all that stuff. So we went out and um, first night we did the show there. We had a great time. Um, and afterward, what the hell did we do after? I don't even remember. Jesus Christ, this whole weekend was just a blur. I think we ended up at, uh, we went to Caesars, went to their cigar bar. That's what we did. And uh, Ed Reed was in there, one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Speaking of Hall of Famers, obviously no questions about that man making it into the Hall of Fame. Versi was fucking freaking out. He was the one who spotted him. He's like, oh, fuck, he goes, dude, that's Ed Reed. Is that Ed Reed? That's fucking Ed Reed. Um, and um, he was like, dude, I want to go over and say hello. I want to go over and say hello. I'm like, dude, don't say hello. Leave the guy alone. He's like, all right, all right. He fucking freaked out. Um, anyway, um, so we had a great time that night and uh, went to bed early or whatever. Smoked my first cigar in like fucking almost 40 days. Uh, obviously enjoyed that. And then the next day we went golfing. We went to this golf club called uh, Summit. If you're out here in Vegas, I'm not going to lie to you. It ain't fucking cheap, but Jesus Christ. Goddamn. That might be the most beautiful golf course I've ever been to. And uh, I played really well. And I actually played all 18. I usually, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, by seven holes in, I'm starting to count down, going like, let me get the fuck out of here. But um, I had a great time playing. I had a great caddy, and uh, I just did what the guy said. And um, it's funny, a lot of the shit that I learned from drumming, I just apply to golf. It's so weird, just how anytime you try to fucking like in drums, if you want to get like, play, like in drums, like playing drums, if you want to get like a big sound, you know, your instinct is like to bring your arms all the way up and just 
bash your fucking drums, you know, slam the stick down on it. And you end up almost like choking out the sound. Um, it's the more relaxed you play, the more the drum can like sing and actually you can hear them. And, um, and it's the exact same thing like in comedy. If you go up like, oh, I got, I got to get them. Oh, I got to fucking kill. You know, fucking going up there and you, you're just working. They see you working. And even if they want to like you, there's just something about it that's just uncomfortable. And you get laughs, but you don't kill. You go up there, you don't give a fuck. I'm going to say whatever I want to say. I don't fuck these people, you know, not in a disrespectful way, but, you know, fuck them if they don't like this shit. You end up having like your best sets. And golf is the same thing. It's like baseball or anything where if it's just like, you know, if you try to fucking, you know, smash it to the next, you know, fucking parking lot, and you end up grounding out to short. Golf's the same thing. So I just was like, all right, I'm just going to try to not give a fuck. Because I always say I don't give a fuck, but then, you know, after a couple, you know, you have a couple of good shots, you want to have another one, or you have a bad shot, and then what do you do? You're, you're, you're rushing up to your ball. I got I to get back there. I got to fucking, I got to make up for what I just did. I didn't do any of that shit. I think I went into every fucking sand trap on the first fucking nine holes, and, uh... I was just laughing with my caddy going, all right, this is, I feel at home here. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to get my sand trap game together. <laughs> but I just tried to keep my hands relaxed and all of that thing. And uh, I was fucking hitting it straight the whole goddamn day. I only lost, I think, three balls. I mean, that's for 18 holes, that's pretty, that's pretty good for me. But um, I hung in there, did all 18 holes. Um, parred one. It was my best one. I should have parred another one, but like an idiot, I went for the hole and the greens was super fast. And then I went like at least like eight or nine feet past it. And I'm not going to fucking sink that. Uh, but the fucking funniest thing, I can't believe I didn't film this, was Verzi and my buddy Mike were, uh, you know, playing like, you know, I don't know what the fuck it was, 20 bucks a hole or something. They got down to the last hole, and uh, Verzi's last shot of the day, he was in the rough right off the green, and he fucking chipped it, you know? And it hit the green, and it just started rolling, and it went into the cup. And what was fucking hilarious was the sun was behind him, so I, I couldn't even see it. Dude, his celebration was the funniest shit ever. Oh, I forgot to tell you, it was, it was fucking cold, right? And we were in the pro shop, and this fucking guy, dude, comes up to us, and we're going, like, yeah, it's kind of cold out there, uh, you know. I think I'll be all right with this fucking sweatshirt or whatever. And the guy's like, no, no. He goes, you need two gloves. You need a hat. And first he bought this fleece thing. He goes, no, you got to buy the bigger thing. He goes, look out there. He goes, look, look, at it's snow. And he points at the fucking mountains. It's like, dude, that's like 4,000 feet above us. <laughs> we were fucking laughing about that guy. The guy quit after nine holes, too. We saw him at the turn, and he was fucking going home. It was hilarious. And um, 
I'm not going to lie to you. It was fucking cold for golf. But um, he was acting like he was going out there swinging a metal bat. Um, you got to get two gloves. I immediately was like, fuck this guy. I'm not even wearing a glove. That was one of those things where you just wanted to be like, dude, you're kind of a pussy. <laughs> it's a funny thing. He was a total pussy, but he could still kick my ass, so I didn't say it. How fucking, that's a fucking funny moment in life. When somebody's being a pussy, they are a fucking pussy, but you're not going to call them a pussy because they could kick the shit out of you. I mean, that's basic. That was the situation. That's, you know, as you get older, man, that's, that's what ends up fucking happening. When you're younger... You know, you can just laugh and just say that. You're like, Jesus Christ, buddy. You know, why don't you take two fucking maxi pads and glue them to either side of your fucking ears? So we went out on the... Anyway, we go out to the fucking... Um, uh, whatever, whatever the hell you warm up. And, uh, you know, we immediately hit it off with our caddies because we were just fucking trashing each other and shit. So anyway, so we go to... And right, fucking Verzi... Okay, Paul had bought like this pom-pom hat, right, that he, had, that he put on over his regular hat. And he had his sunglasses on, right, and, and this little fucking windbreaker thing that he had. And he played great all day. So he fucking chips out of the fucking rough. It lands and it fucking rolls into the cup. And I couldn't see it rolling in because I had sunglasses on. I'm old. And he was backlit by the sun. And, dude, it was the funniest fucking celebration. He just goes, yeah, right? and he starts fucking running, right? <laughs> he fucking took his golf club. He fucking throws his golf club. <laughs> and he, he's going, yeah. He was yelling, yeah, as he did all of this. He goes, yeah, he fucking threw his golf club. And then he grabbed his fucking, his pom-pom hat and his hat. He threw that. And then he fucking, he's like, yeah. And he fucking threw his sunglasses. And then he galloped sideways and hugged his caddy. Just screaming the whole time. Dude, I was laughing my fucking ass. I was so happy for him, but it was also fucking ridiculous. It's like, dude, he, you celebrated more than Phil Mickelson did when he won his first Masters. But, um... <laughs> I can't believe I didn't film that. I wish I filmed it. I would have put it in slow motion. And I was going to play the ending of uh, that song that they used to play at the end of This Week in Baseball. That it's really this fucking dramatic thing. They used to show the baseball players like running in slow motion. Um... I was going to, I was going to have that. <laughs> oh my God, it was fucking awesome. <clears throat> so that was the golf. And then we came, we stayed at the Bellagio and uh, we went to their steakhouse. We had a great time there. Um, sat outside. It was funny. We sat outside and like the water fountains were shooting up and shit. And I was like, I should have brought my wife here. Jesus Christ, this is amazing. Great seafood platter. Ate like fucking kings. And, uh, and then I just fucking went to bed. Both nights, I just went to bed right after. So, the next day, we wake up, right? You know, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl fucking Sunday. And um, wake up. 
hit the gym again, right? Hit the gym a couple times on this thing. I'm going to tell you something, man. Like, the fucking plastic surgery and the fucking... uh, Like, human beings now are becoming like those fucking classic Ford Broncos where it's really hard to find one where the fenders haven't been cut out, you know, so they can fucking lift them and put, like, bigger tires on them. There was a lot of fucking resto mods in the gym. And I'm talking dudes. The, the, the new phenomenon are guys my age, and they are fucking, fucking jacked. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking, like, throw you through a fucking wall. They're 55 years old. They're fucking on juice. They got hair systems, and there's, like, all all these fucking women in there, and there's, like, these fucking weird-looking asses and titties and fucking faces yanked back and shit. I mean, it's a fucking epidemic. And I I guess just as as a guy, you know, as a big Hollywood phony, I got to be honest with you guys. You fucking, you you fucking regular people. You people not in show business, you really need to shut the fuck up about plastic. It it is out of fucking control. I couldn't fucking believe. I'm just sitting there looking at that guy going like, that guy is on like fucking horse tranquilizer. It's not like the 80s, you know, where you'd fucking, your nuts would shrivel up. You know what I mean? You'd walk around with no neck. But I'm just saying, there are, you know what I'm saying. These fucking guys walking around, they got on like tight t-shirts, my age, and you see like their back muscles. It's just like, you just didn't see that. You just didn't fucking see it. Like, like, like how aging has changed. Do you know what they look like? They were like, you know what a resto mod is in a car where like on top, you know, it looks like a fucking whatever, whatever, 67 Cadillac Eldorado, but underneath it's 2024 technology. They're like the reverse of that. They're like reverse resto mods. We're like underneath it's 1972 and fucking, but to look at them, it looks like fucking 1984 or whatever, like the year they were born, you know? Um, it's almost like they're creating their own like, like race of people. It reminds me when I did F is for Family and that was the most fascinating thing, like doing a cartoon is you had to create your own race of like animated people, and we're like, oh, what about these eyes? Oh, you can't, you can't do those eyes. The Simpsons do those eyes. Yellow people are the Simpsons. All right, you can't do really bad animation. That's the Simpsons. Um, what's that spy show that I haven't watched in a while? I really liked it too. Just they had almost looked like Johnny Quest type animation. So eventually, we, we settled on episodes for family. So our, our, we would look different than. You know, family guy and all of that shit. Like this fucking plastic surgery that these people are getting and the fucking uh, testosterone and all of this, whatever the fuck you say it, whatever these people are fucking taking. Um, I mean, they have the, like, everybody's walking around like they're fucking 25 years old, um, but they're not. Um, you know what I mean? It's like when you you go to buy a fucking uh, guy claims it's like a fucking, you know, Shelby Mustang. And he, he just, you know, well, it's not a fucking shit. He fucking painted the fucking stripes on the goddamn hood. 
That's got the 289 V8. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of fucking Meekum auctions just because I'm so fascinated at the fucking money at those things and how much money these idiot baby boomers and now my generation are paying. I saw a guy fucking paid. He paid over $200,000 for a Ford F-250 crew cab. <laughs> 200 fucking grand. <coughs> it's like, what the? Well, the truck market's really hot. This is good to add to your portfolio. Those types of fucking people. And they're not even going to drive the thing. It's like, do you even like trucks? You should have paid fucking 60 grand for that thing. Um, no expense spared. Um, anyway. What else was I going to tell you guys? Oh, I'll, I here's one for you. For younger people. All right. Here's some old guy. Um, advice that I will give you. You know, this weekend they had that, that amazing golf tournament where everybody, they actually encouraged people to get absolutely shit-faced and scream and yell and fucking throw shit while they're, like, watching golf and stuff. Um, that is an incredible, incredible event. But don't live your life that way. <laughs> That's like one of those events as an older person. You know, I watch it. Now, now why, why would they do that, you know? Why do they encourage all those young people to go out there and get fucked up like that? But I guess everybody Ubers now. Um, that's probably, probably why they didn't do it when I was a kid. Because when we were kids, they fucking, you know, you would be driving home. One, somebody would be. Um, but as I was watching that, it's just like, you know, one of the best things you can do as a younger person is, you know, be in the group, but also be observing the group. You know what I mean? You don't have to fucking do what everybody else is doing. And if it looks fucking stupid, you know, just go easy with it. You know what I mean? Like I was sitting there at the gym and I was looking around at all of these people and I just saw like the, the epidemic of bad fucking tattoos and then the amount of jerk offs, jerk offs that got tattooed. What the fuck are you getting on a sailor? You know, you're not dangerous. What the fuck did you draw all over yourself for, right? And just some really bad ones. So just, you know, I'm not saying don't get one. I'm just saying, like, just because everybody else has one doesn't mean you have to go get, get one. Just because everybody's getting absolutely blind fucking drunk at something, you don't have to fucking do that either. You know, it's just one of those deals where I just look around. I saw this guy. This guy, this, he had a fucking tattoo of a balloon with a string hanging on it. Like the, the balloon part was on his shoulder and then the string kind of went down onto his bicep. I'm just like, that is the dumbest fucking shit. I don't know. Maybe I'm not supposed to look at it. You younger people probably like, well, I mean, if he likes balloons and he wants one on his arm, I mean, what does it mean? If I can... um, I'll tell you what it means. You know, you know what I don't like? What I've watched is how they just constantly dumb shit down to try to and rather than making people raise themselves up to this standard corporations come and they meet the dumbest you know they grade it on a reverse curve and they go down to their level just to try and make more money you know what i mean it's like i would say uh 
I don't know when you when you see like that the what's her face there that everybody was flipping out that they kept showing her like that was just totally a fucking money move. She made money, they made money, and they didn't give a fuck that you were flipping out. And they actually, you know, because they know they know you're still going to watch the fucking game. And um, I don't know. So now they're just like, well, you know, we've gotten people that are into golf. What about people that you know? What about alcoholics that just like to fucking act like fucking morons and it's just like you know how come at a golf event you have to be quiet how come you can't how come you gotta fucking do the let's just dumb it down and you can act like a complete fucking animal um <clears throat> it is funny and shit but it's kind of sad watching that all the time that like they just keep you know they don't they don't make people try to be better <laughs> They just go down. It's like the casinos here. Like, you used to have to wear a sport coat to go down and fucking go gambling shit. You know? You couldn't go down there dressed like a fucking bum. You couldn't even wear sneakers. You had to dress like an adult. And then somewhere along the line, they kick the mob out. The corporations come in here. Everything becomes expensive. And now their big thing is they go after fucking people that play slots. Um, I don't know. Oh, speaking of that, I order fucking room service, right? It's Super Bowl weekend. I fucking order room service. And the lady goes, okay, just to let you know, it's going to be like 90 minutes. Is that okay? And I go, no, it's horrific. It's horrific. I'm hungry now. I go, but I know it's not you. I go, it's the corporation that runs this place is trying to run a skeleton crew so they can save a little bit of money so they can go out and go buy a bigger yacht. And you know what the lady said on the phone? She goes, thank you. <laughs> Um, anyway, so where do we go from here? Oh, I, I forgot. I went to one uh, Super Bowl party. Um, I went to the Shack one. I think that was over at the Win, I believe. And we went over there. And uh, I thought it was a DJ. It was Shack. Fucking guy was going nuts. Speaking of, like, how the hell do you have that energy at that age? He was up there, like, he had, like, like 11 in the morning energy, and we got over there at, like, midnight. It was pretty friggin' amazing. Um, unfortunately, it started, like, raining and stuff. Um, so I saw, like, there was, like, you know, I did the red carpet. It was fucking hilarious. They were, like, going, like, Belle, you're at the shack, DJ, big top Chris Circus party. You know what are you uh, what are you what are you excited about me? <laughs> like uh, I'm 55 and I have earplugs in. I should have been in bed like an hour ago. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, I felt I went there and I immediately felt like I was 30 years too old for the event. So we didn't stay too long, but um, you know, if you do go out to Vegas, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Like that party, they went all out. They had like all kinds of like, you know. I don't know what it is, just stuff to look at. Some woman on, like, stilts, like, 30 feet in the air with this giant fucking dress. I felt bad for her because it was fucking freezing out, and it was raining and everything, and there was all these uh, all these women. You could see they spent hours getting ready, and then it just started, like, raining. And they weren't leaving. They were still going. Shaq was going nuts. He was DJing. All the young kids like all of that shit. And uh, they weren't leaving. And, and I'm immediately, you know, going, like, no, I'm going to catch a cold out here. I got I to gotta get out of here. And I was just like, Bill, you're fucking old. Go home. So we, we 
we had these VIP things. We were working our way um, all the way into the party, and it just kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I finally turned around, and, like, we were trying to get into the club, and we had, like, the bands to get into the club, and it was just getting louder and louder and more, like, packed with people. And I finally turned around to Kenny, and I go, why are we going in there? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and I just go, you want to get out of here? And he goes, yeah. So we turn around. And I thought Verzi and Mike were going to also want to, I thought that they were going to want to stay. And I was like, you guys want to get out of here? And they were like, yeah, yeah, let's get out of here. Just a bunch of old dads. So we fucking, like the movie, right? So we ended up walking out of there. <clears throat> Which is good because it created fucking four more spaces for young people. It's young people. You go in there. That's your fucking thing. We're old. We got to get out of here. So we ended up getting out of there. And I will say I did see this. I saw this woman. Like there were so many beautiful women there. But I saw this woman just an absolute fucking 11. Absolutely fucking gorgeous. <clears throat> and she was trying to get up on the stage. And the security guy was going, no. No. And her vibe was like, what do you mean? No. Like, look at me. Look at me. And the guy's looking at her. He's just like, no, you can't. And she was like beside herself. And she turned around. It, I think I saw her first loss in life. You know what I mean? And it reminded me of like George Foreman always tells that story of when Ali knocked him down in the thriller in Manila. He said years later, he goes, you know what's funny? He's like, I could have got up. I just had never been there before, so I didn't know how. That was like the beautiful woman version of that. It was fucking... I almost, if she wasn't so beautiful, I would have felt bad for her. Because it's just like, I mean, oh my God. I mean, what? Okay, you're going to ask for 900 things this weekend, and 899 of them are going to fucking happen. So anyway, so we ended up leaving there, but... <clears throat> Uh, if you get a chance, I guess he does it every year at the Super Bowl. It's a fucking, it was a great party. It's just like, like as I mentioned, I, I was 30 years too old for it. So um, anyway, uh, let's, let's, get, let's talk the Super Bowl here. I've run my yap long enough here. All right, old Billy's got the reads to read here. Uh, two reads. We got Helix. Helix? It's Helix Sleep, everybody. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix. So how will you know which Helix mattress works better, best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep quiz and find uh, your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it with your own, oh, in your own home. You got to sleep on it. You got to fuck on it. You got to try it out. Uh, that's why they offer a 100-night trial. Gross. And a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new... 100 nights. Jesus Christ. At what point do you realize you like laying on it? Fucking three days. Models... Oh, you get a broad with this thing? Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body, you big puss. 
for essential support in stomach and bat sleeping positions, plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. <laughs> Just pay your taxes, okay? When you have to go out and buy a fucking mattress that keeps you cool, whatever you're, you're, you're doing, stop stealing from the office. Plus, Helix mattresses are, an, are American-made. America, fuck yeah. And come with a 10 to 15-year warranty, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it. Uh, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress pick by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine. Granted, they probably have a side deal. And uh, as a go-to solution for improving your sleep, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash burr and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. H-E-L-I-X-P-A-R-T-N-E-R-2-0. Um, this is their best offer yet, and it will not last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. All right, read number two. Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's Simply Safe. You know, when you love someone, when you fucking love somebody, uh, you protect them in the best way you can. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. It's an advanced system that protects every inch of your home and backed by 24-7 uh, and back 20 by 24 seven with professional monitoring for fast emergency responses for less than a dollar a day. Am I going to put on my glasses Did I tell you guys I got glasses? Let me put these fucking things on. I can actually do a decent goddamn read here for, for fucking once. Oh, there's the copy. I haven't seen it in seven years. Ah, <sighs> Simply Safe is trusted by experts. It was named Best Home Security System of 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. Simply Safe offers you. Now, why wouldn't they give me good copy? Simply Safe offers everything you need, sorry, for whole home protection HD cameras for indoors and outdoors, advanced motion centers, sensors, and entry sensors to protect doors. Even with glasses, I still mess it up. Windows and rooms, and a collection of hazard sensors that detect fire. Flooding and more. Oh, that's that's great. Simply Safe is powered by 24/7 professional monitoring, so whenever your home is threatened, trained agents spring into action. <laughs> they must have on action slacks for emergency dispatch and response, all for just under a dollar a day. The system is easy to set up yourself without any special tools or know-how required. Don't want to do it yourself, no problem. You can get one of our expert technicians to come by your house and install it for you. Plus, with 60-day risk-free trial, you, uh, you can... Plus, with the 60-day risk-free trial, you can if you don't love your system. You can if you don't love your... Oh, you can return it if you don't love your system? Uh, return for a full refund. Simply safe off... Even covers return shipping. All right, here's the last bit here. Order now to get 20% off Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com slash burr. That's simplysafe.com slash burr. S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash burr. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So, anyways, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl! Your Kansas City Chiefs against your San Francisco 49ers. Um, I couldn't believe the line all week. It was like plus two and a half. Kansas City plus two and a half. Kansas City plus two. Went down to one and a half at one point. And the whole weekend I'm going like, Kansas City is just going to win this fucking game. 
They're Kansas City. Okay? They're the fucking best there is. They know how to fucking win. The 49ers have yet to have a good game. They should have kicked the shit out of the Packers. They didn't. They had to come from behind to beat them. They should have handled the Lions. They didn't. They had to come from behind way down to beat them. <clears throat> You're not going to go down on the fucking Chiefs <clears throat> and come back and beat these guys. You're just not. You're not. So Billy fucking buried the Chiefs. Buried the Chiefs. Everybody, you're fucking Tony Romo. All he does is blow Patrick Mahomes. He's picking you the winner every week. He's picking you the winner every week. I mean, at the end of the game where he's like, he's the greatest. He's, he's Jordan. He's not Jordan. He's not Jordan. I wouldn't even say Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. I, I, I like... I'll go with that argument, but I would. I, but you're going to take Joe Montana out of it? And just because one person has more, it's not Joe Montana's fault. The 49ers got Steve Young and they fucking traded him to Kansas City. If they didn't, he would have kept winning. I think it was a stupid fucking move. I still think that was a stupid move. Um, anyway, so I buried the Chiefs. I never gamble. I, re- I rarely gamble, and it's the biggest bet I've ever made in my life. I put a thousand bucks down on the Chiefs to make nine oh nine and ten cents, and I was like, "This is perfect." All right, this is perfect. Either the fucking Forty ers win, and you know, because that's who I was rooting for. I was rooting for them the whole fucking game, and if they don't win, then uh, I-, I win money. You know what I mean? <laughs> I always have to go for, like, the underdog, right? So we show up, right? We had seats in the, uh, the Chiefs end zone. And, um, and I immediately loved how they, uh, the Chiefs end zone, that was a nod to, like, the original Super Bowl one, And they had um, the way they colored the end zone, I believe. It looked like NFL films. I'm like, holy shit, that's so fucking cool. And um, it was the first Super Bowl in, in Las Vegas. And the Raiders, you know, stadium is amazing. It was funny that we were in a fucking, we were in a dome and they still did a flyover. <laughs> you know, the NFL, they're not going to let one dime roll off the fucking table. You guys know the military, they, they fucking pay to do that. That is a paid commercial. The NFL acts like we're supporting the troops. And how about a round of applause for this guy? He's in the Coast Guard. He caught a drug dealer off the coast of San Diego this weekend. Like, that is a paid advertisement. They pay for that. And they get everybody standing up and clapping for the veteran and all of that fucking shit. Just know the NFL is making money off of that guy. Um, so they, they do his fucking stupid flyover. Uh, and then they, uh, I don't know what, the fucking game goes to start. And the 49ers defense is playing out of their fucking minds. And Patrick Mahomes, he's the Georgia. He looked like shit. He looked like shit. And they kept stopping him. And they, first of all, 49ers drive down the field and then they fumble. It's like, oh, no. I remember seeing that going, oh, fuck, here come the Chiefs. Chiefs go fucking three and out. 
49ers come back down the field. Not, I'm not going to be able to remember the whole fucking game. But the 49ers defense was playing amazing. And they were essentially, they essentially sacked Patrick Mahomes three times, but he started running, so he went like one yard over the fucking, you know, line of scrimmage. So it counted as a run. But Bosa and all of those guys were just all up in the fucking backfield. It was amazing. Pacheco's first fumble of the year. I mean, they, they were just, they showed up. But what kept happening to the fucking 49ers, they kept taking false starts and shit, and they would get involved in first and long, second and long, and then they would, they would go to the air, and they were having Brock Purdy do it instead of Christian McCaffrey. And I was thinking to myself, going like, that's fucking stupid. I don't give a fuck that it's first and 15, you know, second and 17, whatever the hell it is. Um... They need to give him the ball. I immediately started thinking of Mike Martz not giving, you know, Marshall Falk the fucking ball in Super Bowl 36, the last one that I had been to. Um, and basically, you know, it was 10 to nothing. Patrick had that horrific fucking interception. Um, I think he overthrew Travis Kelsey. I think that's who he was going for because the 49er that intercepted it, there was another 49er behind him and then a Kansas City Chief, and I was just going like, what the fuck? Like, it, was the, it was the worst. That first half is the worst football I've seen Patrick Mahomes play. And um, I think Kelsey had one catch, and they were just shutting him down, but they weren't turning it into points, and they were letting him hang around. And I just... I knew what happened was going to happen. I'm like, I've just watched football too fucking long. When you have a team that knows how to fucking win with players as good as that against a team that is just sort of getting there, like, it just never ends well. And um, and it did not. Did not. They ended up coming back in fucking overtime. Fucking overtime, dude. And... Uh, Went on to win another one. They win their third. Patrick Mahomes wins thirds. Automatic. Automatic. You're in the fucking Hall of Fame. Um, three Super Bowl championships. So congratulations to them. Um, as much as they, the offense played like... Well, I mean, the 49ers defense. And I have to be honest with you. Patrick Mahomes should not have been the fucking MVP of that game. It should have been somebody on defense. Both defenses. The Kansas City Chiefs defense played great. Um, and the offenses were, were pretty, uh, were pretty anemic for most of the fucking game, but, um, yeah, they just, I don't know. They just, they, that was just a classic one team knowing how to win and the other team, you know, not knowing how to put the other one away. And, uh, uh, dude, like I was, I could like Kenny was laughing at me. He goes, you're rooting against your money. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I want to see the 49ers win it. I just wanted to see them, <clears throat> you know, I loved watching them win in the 80s, you know, with Montana and all of those guys and, and that classic uniform and everything. And uh, it was also annoying me that they were like, they're just so trying to make Kansas City a dynasty. Like they said, you know, uh, teams that have won three Super Bowls in five years. And they said five years because that's how long it took Kansas City to do it. 
you know, within five years. And they show the New England Patriots. We won three in four years. So they start grading on a fucking curve to try and sell me that the Chiefs are a dynasty. It's like you're not a fucking dynasty. You won then you fucking lost to Tampa Bay. Then you didn't even fucking make it. And then you won two more. You are, What you are, what you're looking at is the team of the decade. That is a big fucking difference than a dynasty. I don't consider the Patriots three and four years a dynasty. It isn't. Three in a row. That's what the fucking... That's what um, the requirement was. You had to win at least at least three in a row to be considered a dynasty. And what are they doing? They for money. For money, they they just keep lowering the fucking standards. I saw before they even won the Super Bowl. This lady was saying, "Well, you know, winning all those AFC championships that counts. They they are a dynasty. You could argue that they are a dynasty. It's just." And then my buddy goes like, "All right, so with the Buffalo Bills, they won four AFC championships in a row. Were they a fucking dynasty?" Um, speaking of that, the Cowboys. Cowboys won back to back, then the 49ers, and then the Cowboys won again. They weren't considered a dynasty. They were team of the decade. But now, now, you know, I remember when the Patriots won um, <clears throat> three and four in the early 2000s. That's when they first started that bullshit. Is that a dynasty? I, you could say, you could say that's a dynasty. Yeah, you could. It isn't. Now it's three and five. I don't know. The whole thing is fucking weird. Um, anyway, and they also didn't bring up the Patriots. We won three and five. We won three and four, and we won three and five when we won our next three. It's like we won in 14, 16, and 18. Right? Broncos won, and then the Eagles beat us. So there's three and five. I didn't even see them on that fucking list. It's so stupid. Anyway. Um... Like the last dynasty, I think it was the Lakers. They won three in a row. I mean, they bought them, of course. That's what the fucking Lakers do. The most annoying franchise ever. Fucking LeBron James bitching that, you know, that they need to do something. It's like, dude, they have you and you have Anthony Davis. Like, what is the fucking problem? The problem is you guys. It's not the fucking organization. <laughs> I mean, how many, how many more guys do you fucking need? Um... Anyway, uh, the Yankees, 98, 99, 2000, <clears throat> and they won in 96. Obviously, the Chicago Bulls. It was one of these deals where basically, like, if you looked at Michael Jordan, which is fucking hilarious that Tony Romo goes like, he's the Jordan, he's the Jordan. They just, they just throw out this shit to just, this is a dynasty, he's Jordan, Ugh, all of this shit to make you feel like you're watching something that you're not even fucking watching. What you're watching is the team of the decade, and you're watching one of the great quarterbacks of all time. I would not argue that, but it's like, he's the Jordan, Tom Brady has seven fucking titles, Mahomes ain't gonna win seven. <laughs> His coach is already fucking 80 years old, it's not gonna happen, Andy Reid's gonna fucking retire. And it's just, it's just, it's not going to happen. Stop fucking telling me this shit's going to happen. I, I know it isn't. Everybody knows it isn't. So anyway, um, I don't know. 
Like, when Jordan played, the amount of fucking great players that never got a ring. And it doesn't even make sense. They just didn't get a fucking ring. Um, that's a fucking dynasty. Is you win so fucking much that people that would have won don't. Like, they go fucking, like, no. I don't know how else to explain it. It's like, think of the Bulls in the 90s. If Michael Jordan didn't leave to go play fucking baseball, the Rockets don't win. And this is another thing, too. Like, the only play, Akeem Olajuwon and those guys are the only ones <laughs> who got rings when the, when, the, when the Bulls dominated in an entire fucking decade, won six and eight fucking years, or the Pittsburgh Steelers won four Super Bowls in six fucking years. Like, nobody in the fucking AFC, nobody was going to, to get a few, just didn't get a ring. They shut it down. Um, but anyway, having said that, Congratulations on the Kansas City Chiefs winning their, I think that was their fourth Super Bowl. Um, and I actually, I, I, do, I do like the Chiefs, but like, you know, all of that Tony Romo shit that he was saying, that's, that's like, it's just they're, just, they're just selling the game is all that they're doing. Like, was that the great, I've never seen anything like that. You just saw it. <laughs> Somebody did that last year. Just stop with this shit. So anyway, um, yeah, they they went ahead and won, and uh, it was so fucking funny. Like the uh, when they would show Taylor Swift at the game, people were like booing her and stuff. And <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought all of that was funny. I just have to say, as a uh, as somebody in show business, she is an absolute fucking gangster. Dude, she put out a movie. She didn't even have a distributor. She's like, I don't fucking need you. I can put this out myself. And I got to tell you something. Um, one of the biggest things that scares the suits in my business is an artist that knows his or her worth. And she does. And an artist that actually pays attention to the contracts and all of that stuff and starts to learn how to read that stuff and starts to realize how bad these pieces of shit steal from all of us. Double dip, triple dip, quadruple dip on stuff, side deals and all of this stuff. Um, I mean, it is, look, my business is no different than whatever business you're in. Like the level of, uh, I would say of the 10 commandments, the number one thing commandment that is broken every day is stealing um i guess lying and stealing kind of goes hand in hand um but uh it's in 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 the level of fucking stealing and it's not even prosecuted is insane as far as like white collar crime is it's just it's absolutely fucking out of control, and none of these politicians step in to do it. They always step in on, like, bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, look what, like, look, well, look what the fucking government gets concerned about, steroids and baseball, and they can get all fucking, you know, upset about that, or, like, fucking 
comedians, you know, shit that they say on stage or like the classic one to me is remember at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, when they said the pandemic was coming, we're like, oh, God, this is going to be another SARS. This isn't going to happen. And there was that one guy that bought like $17,000 worth of hand sanitizer (laughs) and he had it in his fucking garage. And he, like, you know, increased the price by 300% or whatever. And these fucking pieces of shit on Fox and CNN, they're fucking going off on this. How could you do that? People are dying. This is fucking awful. But meanwhile, you know, big pharmaceutical. I know I've said this before, but maybe you missed the last podcast. I feel like it needs to be said. Big pharmaceutical is charging like 465 bucks per pill if you have, like, leukemia. They made like profits of like $60 billion. And these fucking assholes don't say a word because they advertise on their channels and they're protecting their fucking money. Right? They're all pieces of shit. So anyways, and as much as people don't like her showing up to football games and them cutting to her or whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, Just as, as a performer, I mean, just to watch somebody actually win against these pieces of shit is... um, it's fucking amazing. It really is amazing. They used to have rules about, like, monopolies and stuff like that. And, like, I got to tell you, to have one fucking organization, you know, own the venues, own the ticketing service, own the parking and all of that type of stuff, it's just like, it just becomes like, like what, wait, what are we doing here? This is still a free market? <laughs> anyway... Anyway, um, so anyway, um, yeah, so the game ends. It goes into fucking overtime, dude. And uh, you knew the 49ers needed to score a touchdown. I didn't realize that, like, time could run out in overtime. I didn't know about that. That was pretty fucking exciting. Um, like, somebody said, oh, yeah, no, they're eating up the clock. And I was thinking, like, eating up the clock? What are you talking about? They're going to... The Chiefs get their possession, too. They're not going to run out the clock. I didn't realize that they could run out the clock. There was a lot of drama. And um, I don't know. I'll tell you what was that uh, a big play was when Mahomes, when they called the option there. They ran, literally ran like the fucking option, and he kept the keeper, and they didn't fucking secure the edge there. And he fucking ran down the field and slid just shit like that, man. Um, and here's the thing. You just knew that they were going to make the play. You knew that they were going to execute and stuff like that. And all these assholes like screaming about Travis Kelsey yelling at fucking Andy Reid or whatever. I, I fucking love that shit. That shit gives me goosebumps. Like people wanting to win that bad and they start fucking yelling at each other and stuff. And everybody, everybody who doesn't play gets all fucking bent out of shape about it. And you know who doesn't? The fucking people that do it. They understand where it's coming from. And um, I remember that year when Brady, oh God, when he was on the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so brutal to watch, but you still rooted for him. Um, they were playing like dog shit on some like Monday night game in like November. Brady was getting sacked and pressured and all that. And they, they went to the sideline and he was fucking screaming at his offensive line. And they're just looking at him like, this is fucking Tom Brady. He's got six fucking rings. I mean, I guess we got to listen to that guy. And I really felt like that was like a turning point in the season where 
you know, when somebody as good as that is fucking yelling at you or showing that level of passion, I, I just you, you're like, all right, what am I doing? I need to uh, I need to try to attempt to get to this person's level. Um, I mean, look, Travis maybe didn't have to bump into him. <laughs> But Andy Reid's also not a little guy. He could take it. He's a tough fucking guy. Um, but I was also, I love Andy Reid. I was really happy for him, man. That guy, you know, when he was with the Eagles, he would always get to the NFC Championship game or whatever. He just couldn't fucking win it. So he was getting that thing. You know, when somebody can't fucking win it, you know who loves that? Losers. And they cannot wait to fucking go, oh, you can't get it done. He's fucking do to do. You can't win the big one. It's like, you can't win the big one. Oh, yeah, let me ask you this. Are you winning the big one in your life? Huh? Is that what the fuck you're doing? Um, anyway, uh, speaking of that, last night when I came home, um, well, after the game, we, like, walk out and... Uh, and my buddy Mike's a huge fucking 49ers fan. And uh, I felt, you know, I felt bad because I'd been there as a fan. I went to the, uh, when the Patriots with Drew Bledsoe and Bill Parcells when we played the uh, Green Bay Packers, that one in uh, New Orleans. I went to that Super Bowl. And there was a chance there where we looked like we were, you know, going to go blow for blow. And then they returned that kickoff after the fucking half, and that was kind of it. We lost control of the game. And I still remember uh, walking out of that stadium, like going down those ramps and just being like, like the fucking letdown as a fan, like when you lose a championship game and seeing the Green Bay Packer fans skipping down the thing, those fat cheese-eating fucks skipping down the thing. I remember looking at him thinking, like, am I ever going to feel that feeling? Because at that point, the fucking Celtics were DOA, you know, and the Patriots, you know. I mean, we didn't even play in a real foot. Like, like the reason why I like the Buffalo Bills is because of their stadium. Because they were the same. Like, that does not look like a pro football stadium. And the Patriots played in Sullivan Stadium. And it just didn't look like a pro stadium. <laughs> it looked like a Division I college. But not, a, not even a big program. It just kind of looked like, because like, it held like 60,000 people where those, you know, Alabama and all them, even back then, held like fucking, you know, 80 or something like that. So, I mean, it looked like, you know, Virginia, like West Virginia's football stadium or something. So... Um, yeah, that was like 90s. That was early 90, February, January, February, 97. I just remember thinking like, fuck, am I ever going to feel that feeling again? Cause the Celtics is just over. Len Bias died and then Reggie Lewis died. And it was just, then it was the whole free agency thing. And, you know, Danny Ainge wasn't there putting it back together. And it just looked like, I mean, Ray Bork, it was right around the time Ray Bork had to leave the Bruins to go win a cup in Colorado. He wins the Stanley Cup and then brings it back to Boston to remind us what it looked like. <laughs> I know his heart was in the right place, but it was just like, ugh. Um, it was just a lot of that shit. So I felt, you know, I felt bad for him. So we ended up... Uh, we went back over to Bally's and 
<laughs> we just got some appetizers, and they had uh, they had some really good booze there. So I bought them some top shelf shit <laughs> for it. So that's the thing, dude. It's just a fucking. I, that's why I love sports. Just watching how much people gave a fuck. And I also I ran into Al Madrigal, one of my great friends in this business, and he was like, he was so amped up for the game. I didn't run into him after the game. He was sitting someplace else. And uh, anyway, um, I will say I definitely think the 49ers will be back. And um, I don't know. I'm such a nerd for the Super Bowl that I'm just always sitting there going like the, who, the, the team that had the most gaudiest record in the Super Bowl first was the Steelers. They were 4-0. And then... All of a sudden, from 81 to 94, San Francisco 49ers went to five Super Bowls and won all five. They were 5-0. and And that was, for the longest time, the gaudiest Super Bowl record. Um, Giants have a good one. What are they? They're 4-1. and um, But they were 5-0. and And now they've lost three. Now they're 5-3. and that's a fucking. I was talking to my buddy about that. I go, you guys either go six and two and you're one behind the Chiefs, or the Chiefs level up to four and zero. Oh. Um. Now I could definitely see. I don't know how many more do you think the Chiefs got in them. It's weird. It's a quick fucking window. And then all of a sudden, people get old, people retire, people take money elsewhere. But I will say for the Chiefs organization to lose a guy like Tyreek Hill and win two more without him is pretty fucking amazing. It's pretty fucking amazing. It's, it's just a shame, like all the overhype of it and then, you know, all of that other dumb shit where the NFL is trying to make more fucking money is annoying to like listen to i just i don't understand like why you can't just say what what is happening why do you have to like over why does everything have to be so overhyped is it because there's nine million channels and streaming services and young kids sit around you know watching people play video games they don't even play video games you watch somebody play video games it's fucking weird so anyway uh thank you to BetMGM for this weekend though we had such a good time thank you to all our fans that came out to the show um, it's a really, really cool vibe of people in there. There's a couple of drunks. One guy down front who just wouldn't shut the fuck up and just interrupted the entire fucking show. And what was hard was no one could really hear him, but we could hear him. And then classic that guy's personality. At the end of the show, he's like, oh, yeah. And we, like, shook his hand and stuff. He's like, oh, it's just, like, busting, busting balls. And, like, he felt like he was, like, part of the show. You know what's funny? I just ended up feeling bad for the woman that was with him. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. You could, at certain points, you saw the sadness on her face being with her, with that guy. But that was like also her love for him. Where it's just like, why, why are you doing this? Why are you making an ass out of this? Why can't he just be like this? You know? Um, anyway... Uh, oh, it's Valentine's Day, everybody. Valentine's Day. Who are the fucking Sherry's Berries is never going to come back, are they? 
They're never coming back. I used to, I used to love doing those fucking Sherry's Berries. They just do they even make them anymore? Do they get buy? Do they get bought out? Um. Anyway, I gotta come back here and see a concert at this sphere. Um, I just gotta wait for the. Uh, I gotta wait for the right band to go there. You know what I mean? Because I don't. I mean, I like you two and everything, but I know like there's gonna be somebody like I don't know, like Judas Priest, like something that's like a like. You know what's funny is. I really like you two, but there was just such a like a social thing when I was growing up as far as what bands you liked, what bands you didn't like. And um, like if you were into Priest, it was almost like this, this unwritten rule that you couldn't like you two. What's funny is, you know, the guys in Judas Priest probably liked you two. So I got on board with you two really late. Really fucking late. Um, like, I, I didn't get, like, that B.B. King shit. I did what I did till love came around. I didn't understand whatever the fuck that was. Rattle and hum. I didn't get that. I liked the one in the name of love. I liked that one. And then there was those ones in the early 90s. I liked those ones. And I was like, I finally was just going like, can you stop being like, I'm into metal and just admit that this is a really fucking great band. And then I always loved Larry Mullen Jr. So they're playing the sphere. It's just like, I don't know. I just got the kids and everything. I can't fucking get out here. And I know my, uh, I think Dean went to see him there. He said it was fucking amazing. So I don't know. I do have to go to a show there. As much as I think this this fear fucking annoys me. It's like, isn't it enough that you're seeing you too? Like, you got to have like, you know. Or like, be a fucking man and just drop some acid and see all of that shit. Instead of having like this fucking, you know, flight simulator acid trip that they get. <laughs> or if even if you crash, you don't die. Um, I don't, I know I'm being fucking grumpy old Billy. All right. I should wrap this fucking podcast up. Um, yeah. All right. Cause I'll, I'll end up doing reads and that'll be the hour. So anyways, congratulations to, uh, the Kansas city chiefs. Um, once again, uh, I've seen it just time and time again, just the great ones. know how to fucking win even if they're having like a bad fucking game or whatever you just knew like i mean it's something for as much as people fucking you know bitch about mahomes and everything like that's the first bad game i've seen him have and it was only for a half i still don't think he should have been fucking mvp you can't play the way he played in the first fucking half in your mvp of the game it's the fucking chiefs kept defense kept you in that game somebody on defense should have fucking won that um but whatever it is what it is there you go super bowl 58 kansas city chiefs in sudden death overtime congratulations to the 49ers uh an incredible year and um i'd like to see them come back and win you know it's a fucking great organization all right that's it 
Uh, that's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves, and I'll check in on you on uh, on Thursday.